0: It's green and Growing with Ashley Frasca.
1: Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike
2: Nurseries.
3: On 95.5 WSB. All right, hour number three. I hope you have not missed a minute of green and growing with you every Saturday morning. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. Uh, if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. I hope you are here to stay and here to learn a lot. And Monday through Friday, my role at uh, WSB is a traffic reporter during morning drive uh, during Atlanta's morning news, with smile and Mark McKay and the team uh, Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 9. And then I go work on my show, do various things for the station after 9 a.m. And then I'm in here with you every Saturday from 6 to 9, unless preempted by an early kickoff by the Bulldogs. But I, they're doing so well this season. And now all the matchups left are SEC, I think, except for – Georgia Tech. So those are going to be later kickoffs. Those are definitely going to be 3.30 kickoffs like today uh, as they are down in Jacksonville. So And then Sunday, sometimes I'm with you for the weekly checkup. Sometimes I fill in for uh, Lens Marketing and host the weekly checkup and different doctor offices and doctors and guests and things on that show for a couple hours. So I wear a lot of different hats. But this is my favorite. I put all my energy toward this all week long to bring you three hours of good content. Um, The things I don't know, which there are a lot, I interview guest experts uh, related to the University of Georgia, anybody else. That knows a lot about things that I don't know a lot about So I was really happy in the first hour To have Bonnie uh, Bodie Panisi With the University of Georgia uh, Department of Agriculture and Horticulture Talking about wildflowers So if you missed that at 6.30 Definitely want to go back and hear some tips from Bodie On how to successfully do that in your landscape So I'm going to put the whole show up on WSBradio.com Slash green and growing And you can listen to each hour as a podcast At your leisure if you've missed a little bit And also when you're there uh, at the website at wsbradio.com uh, You can see the articles Latest blog posts and stuff that I have put out A newsletter went out yesterday To subscribers to the Green and Growing newsletter It goes out every other Friday um, Wrote a little bit about my conversation with Clint Waltz Some ideas for you and tips for you this time of year With your turf and some other things you'll want to check out And also the events page When you scroll all the way to the bottom I try to keep up to date with what Master Gardener groups are doing um, What big organizations are doing Like Piedmont Park, Atlanta Botanical Gardens Trees Atlanta, that that kind of thing uh, Volunteer opportunities you can get involved in So coming up this weekend, um, today, as a matter of fact, this morning at 10 a.m., a meet and greet with Matthew Israel, who's executive director of the American Camellia Society. That's happening today at 10. Uh, a virtual seminar from the Master Gardener Volunteers of Cobb County about bulbs, which you want to hear all of that right now so you can select the right spring bulbs that you're going to be planting right now. That's on Thursday virtually at 2 p.m. if you have time to tag on to that. And the Piedmont Park Conservancy Speaker Series, they're going to be speaking on the Atlanta Coyote Project. I think that's something different. Uh, Thursday, November 3rd at 6.30 p.m. So all of the information details on how to get tickets for those events, most of them are free. Whether they're virtual, in person, where they're located, is right there on my website, wsbradio.com and growing And the Facebook page, of course, too. But for those of you that don't have Facebook, you can access the website and find some really good content, too. 4048720750. gonna to talk to Debbie and Roswell in just a second. a great question about composting. Um, but first following up on Melissa's call last hour, she asked an additional question about beautyberry, you know and what to do with the seeds. They looked so awesome in August and September. those bright purple berries on those plants. And I was telling the difference between, you know our our native plant folks definitely want you to know the difference in the one that's invasive. Uh, From Asia, which is uh, versus the non-native one The American, uh, North American Blueberry Beautyberry, rather I'm needing a second cup of coffee here, folks Um, So the native one, the North American Beautyberry The leaves are going to be a lot larger They're going to be more of an elliptical shape So traditional leaves that you're you're used to seeing That's going to catch your eye The berries are a little bit more of a pinkish purple, I would say But they wrap themselves around the stem So that's cool, and the form of the bush Is going to be a little more weeping, almost like A panicle hydrangea kind of look The non-native ones, the berries Grow opposite one another on the stem So there's a cluster of berries, the stem Cluster of berries directly across from it And they look like a little bit of a paler purple So if you have a paler purple and the berries Are directly across one another on the stem That's non-native, you don't want those To spread, Uh, the birds are Naturally going to do some of that, and we Don't want that to happen, but when you have the North American species, the native one, that's going to be a lot better when those berries are wrapped around the stem. So I had to look that up just to make sure I told you all right. But, you know, educate yourselves on the plants you're buying too. We do generally want to install native plants in the landscape if you can do a little bit of research, um, because that is going to attract the right kind of. Uh, Ecological friends and things in nature That we want, plus they're just better suited For this area, it's not going to be as much Of a hassle to grow it in our native Soil with our climate and things that they're used to But the birds and the wildlife and all of that The benefits, you could just go on and on So the Georgia Native Plant Society Is definitely a website worth looking up Okay, now to the phones we go Debbie and Roswell, thanks for being so patient Good morning, welcome to the show
2: Good morning, thank you Ashley I enjoyed the conversation that you had with someone recently about composting. Yeah. And I've read a tiny bit about it, but no one's ever mentioned anything about what to do with your indoor plants. Like are, are there leaves that are that you shouldn't put in? You know, I'm thinking poinsettia and there's other leaf parts that are plants that are toxic to pets. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure about that. And then what to do with all the dirt in your all your containers outside. What when you need to replant them for the next season. What do you do with the old dirt? Okay. And so, how much of it can you use?
3: Okay, so I'll start with that. So you're talking about things that are like in outdoor pots right now yeah, and the plants yeah. are done. Yes. Generally, Debbie, I mean, I cheat and I'm a little lazy. I keep that dirt in the pot. Um, it's very rare that I dump it out. I'll probably dump it out after about two or three years, and I'm always planting something different. Um, I know with crop rotation, when you're thinking about a tomato or a pepper plant or something like that, crop rotation is a good idea, not planting the same. Plant in those pots continuously year after year Because of soil borne diseases that can stay dormant But when we're just talking about bedding annuals Or perennials or something like that um, There's not a lot that you need to do to change the soil But if you fertilize from time to time That's going to add nutrients back to the soil That otherwise have been leached out Due to the prior plant that was in there Or watering, you know And we're just washing a lot of those nutrients out the, The drainage hole When we water every time So introducing a little bit of new soil As needed, sure Uh, But for two or three years I would just stick the new plant Right back in there
2: Okay I tend to plant the same things every year Because that's what grows On my small space With the limited amount of light that I have You know, peppers and herbs and stuff Um, And it's pretty much the same areas That I can put these pots Because the light is We've got a lot of trees
3: so maybe alternate um, which crops you do in which pots I know you probably have you know a dedicated size for each plant that we're talking about Being a, a tomato or a pepper And sometimes that's not always a problem Sometimes you're not going to have to deal with the soil-borne disease um, That's going to continue to you know plague tomatoes A lot of people will put tomatoes in the same spot year after year after year But the first sign that you start to have some disease Whether it's wilt or some kind of rot or canker or something like that, that's going to be indicative of something in the soil. In which case you would wanna just dump everything out and start over. But yeah, as long as it's still working for you, I would absolutely do it. With potted and containerized stuff, it's just that much more important to make sure you keep up with fertilizer.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, and-, and then that any like if I take out some old dirt from the top, do I put that in the compost bin or just Set it aside you, to can, a hole. you can
3: turn it all over You don't even have to take it out necessarily Just turn it all over in that pot With a little spading shovel And just turn it in real good You can introduce new soil If you have the room to get to the very top You can certainly throw it in the compost pile Old soil absolutely As long as it's not diseased um, And as far as the compost thing goes What I do Debbie And with limited space I mean I don't have these bins and grades Out in the, the backyard built But um, I have a huge Tupperware You want something with a lid And in the house I keep everything in there The coffee grounds, the banana peels The you know parts of tomatoes and peppers that I've cut away And not used, um, eggshells And all that, I keep it in that Tupperware And then go dump it out into the compost bin I just have a bin, I don't have some large Huge thing that's um, uncovered but I just dump it in about every week Once a week I'll do that And I take the leaves from my house plants um, I take the roots from my house plant If I have a house plant that died Or an annual, say, that that just, you know, is, is done I throw that in the compost too I don't think there's anything that you need to be concerned with about As far as toxicity goes um, I know you mentioned poinsettias With which the, the sap can be a problem um, But really the, the main things that happen in the composting process That don't get broken down Are anything that comes from an animal So bones uh, from ribs Or chicken wings or anything like that um, Are animals waste I have read articles from The UK where they do Use animal waste and incorporate that Into the compost I don't think that's a good idea Anything from a carnivore um, Is not going to be good in there and also Weed seeds so if you have A weed or grass clippings That have weeds in them The temperature does not get hot enough over 120-140 degrees to break down weed seeds So depending on the number of weeds you're accidentally putting in the compost You just may be introducing a whole new set of problems when you put that composted material in a garden bed It's going to come with weeds Um, So those are the concerns, those are the things that don't break down anything carnivorous, uh, bones Weed seeds But otherwise the temperature gets warm enough To where it's going to break down most everything else You'll see pieces of eggshell If you don't crush them up yourself Um, You'll see that after in compost still after a year But I would throw pretty much everything in there All of the leaves As long as they're not diseased They didn't die from any disease But just the natural... Things that wilt and yellow and die I would throw all that in the compost Uh, Depending on what you have outside You may need to, if it's in an open area You may need to shovel it and turn it And all that kind of stuff If you have one of these bins like I do that's enclosed They say you don't even need to turn it Um, I will from time to time I'll get a deep shovel And just kind of turn it around in there But they say you don't need to So it depends on the strategy you've got But Debbie, call about that another time too Because that's a great topic And that was Ward Black with Georgia Soil Company That we got to talk a little bit about composting And I will be talking more I'm taking a trip to Mercedes-Benz Stadium Seeing how they literally compost Everything that comes from the fans Down in the basement of the stadium and what happens to all of it How it gets broken down I mean, it's fascinating But it's stuff on a smaller scale We can do ourselves to just have better soil Free, very nutritious, valuable soil If you start now, you're going to have compost in time for spring When you start thinking about those summer vegetables 404 750 More of your calls next on Green and Growing
1: it's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk.
3: Channel 2 meteorologist Brad Nitz in this weekend for Christina Edwards says yeah there's a chance for drizzle later on today High of 67 it is going to be cloudy but comfortable with the showers and storms move in tomorrow with a high of 63 a low of 57 And then back to mostly to partly cloudy skies to start the work week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday 404 872 Jim out in Loganville hey there welcome to the show
1: Hey, thank you Ashley. Good to talk to you. you too. Um yeah, I had a uh, had a question um, regarding my wife actually. She loves gardening and uh, unfortunately, balance issues progressively getting hard making it more difficult for her to do the the types of gardening that she used to like to do, which believe it or not was pulling weeds was one of the things that I she I'm just with her on that. At. That's
3: therapeutic. <laughs> it's weird, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> therapeutic for her, she just You know, obsessed with pulling weeds, and unfortunately, without going into great detail, uh, that is becoming progressively more and more difficult. So, and and, actually impossible at this point. So, um, she's not been getting out in the yard much. My uh, idea a couple of weeks ago was to build some raised beds, uh, uh, garden beds, so that she could um, use them for balance to to lean over and. And work plants, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, that type of thing. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I am—I've put soil in. I mean, it's a huge
2: bed. I'm Good. planning
1: to run quite a, quite a distance, and it's going to be flowers uh, as opposed to uh, vegetables or anything like that. Okay. Uh, just so that she can have some enjoyment and get outside and uh,
3: and and yeah. pull
1: weeds or whatever so, is in there. But
3: yeah, what can I my, help you with?
1: My question basically is, this time of year, of course, getting colder, uh, what plants, what flowers might you suggest? And I'll probably throw a few dandelions in there just so she can pull this up.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there Uh, you go.
1: uh, Any uh, plant ideas for... Uh, Someone who just likes to watch flowers grow Yeah,
3: and we want the color We want the happy flowers Jim, stay on the line And I'm going to have my phone screener talk to you And get your email address Because there's so many I want to list off And give you the reasons why I think you and your wife should incorporate them So I'm going to email you a list For good flowers, blooming things Even some perennials you could leave in a raised bed Uh, My best wishes to you and your wife both You will get an email from me Give me till Monday, but I'm going to do it I have a good list for you Thanks for the call and good job building those raised garden boxes I think that's incredible And she's going to still garden and she's going to love it We'll be back with Pike Nursery Coming up in just a few minutes Talk Japanese maples You're listening to WSB
0: Growing with Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers,
1: trees and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries
3: On 95.5 WSB A lot more to go in the show Before Dave Baker kicks me out In the Home Fix It show on at 9 o'clock 404 872 Allison Smith with Pike Nursery Coming along in just a second To talk Japanese maples Beautiful color in the landscape You may be a little behind on enjoying that If you're getting a tree right now But now is the time to get that tree And plant it and make it happy So that you'll have all that color for next year But first I want to get to Larry in Cartersville Who's been patiently waiting Hey Larry, welcome to Green and Growing Thank you Ashley I've just got
4: a real quick question sure. um, My mom's stepmom, she passed away in 2015 And I have neglected her rose blush for the past what, seven years, and I've noticed it's now starting to wrap itself around a fence. And I was wondering, I would like to cut it back, but I was kind of contemplating on um, uh, removing it and then putting it in a pot and bringing it inside in the garage where it's warm, Uh, maybe get some nutrients in it, um, and then replanting it in spring. Well, now, would I plant that in and would that hurt the rose or, or stress it out too much?
3: Well, let me ask you, what what are you protecting it from? Like, are you thinking you need to bring it in because of the winter? Uh, no,
4: I know roses are, are good for, you know, they uh, they they can survive the winter. I want to move it to a different area of the backyard so it's not going to vine its way around oh. the uh, fence again. Either that or in the front yard. I just don't know where yet because... Uh, my father's got uh, age-related memory loss. I'm taking care of him and just trying to figure out, you know, a bunch of things at the same time.
3: Well, a, you're a good man. You're balancing a lot, and I and I applaud you for that. And this is a cool, nice little touch that you're thinking about doing. Um, what I would do, Larry, is I would go ahead and transplant it now. If you want to, you do not need to bring it inside and and let it. You know, Be protected or anything like that Now is the time not only to install new trees and shrubs But also to transplant things So that the roots aren't going to be stressed With heat to acclimate to their new spot So go ahead and dig that new hole First wherever you can find A sunny area obviously is ideal The, the more sun the better um, But go ahead and dig that new hole first Dig it wider than deep Because once, once you put that rose bush in it You're going to want to lay those roots out And let them go horizontally And kind of acclimate Um, Don't do anything to the hole You don't need to put any amendments or anything in the hole Just you're going to backfill it with the same dirt that came out of it Um, I I hate to tell you to cut now But you don't really have a choice Because it's obviously going to make it easier to move uh, For you to go ahead and cut back a lot of that Ideally when we prune anything We don't want to remove more than a third at a time So if you can reduce it by half And still safely move it That would be best but if you just absolutely have to cut it back to only maybe 12, 16 inches high, then that's what you have to do. Um, okay, so
4: but- how about just cutting it pretty much right at the fence and maybe cutting it just slightly back from that, from that?
3: Yeah, that would be fine Just cutting what has to be cut But not more than what you need to Um, Yeah, okay. just to loosen it away from the fence and all that Cut anything that's visibly dead Anything that's brittle, gray, looks dead um, Anything that's twisted around each other Try to at least untangle what you can Or maybe cut one you know, stem that's twisted And then it'll eventually die And give that other stem a, an opportunity to breathe again um, And not much you need to do In the new hole, you need to keep make sure it stays watered And then just mulch over it with mulch or leaves or pine straw or whatever And there's not much you need to do over the winter time It may start to put out new growth and new leaves because it it got pruned And so the hormones are telling it to grow So don't worry about that Some of that may get bit by a cold snap if we have one sooner than later But that's not going to cause long-term harm to it It's going to be pretty sturdy
4: Okay, well I appreciate your help and uh you
3: have yourself a good day yeah good luck And I, I thank you for trying to do that and Putting the thought and the time and the Energy into that I think it's going to be Well worth it when you dig it out Larry Go wide go wide to dig as much of the Root ball out as you can so all those Long roots you're going to want to do Probably out to like the drip line the Canopy of the rose as wide as the rose is as Probably about how much you need to dig And just kind of keep softly going down and down and down Until you can really, you know, safely kind of jostle it loose from the soil Good luck, thank you so much for the question All right, up now is Allison Smith Good morning, Allison
0: Good morning, how are you? It's been a minute
3: Yeah, I know, it's so good to hear from you And you're calling from the warm, safe, happy, fun location Of the East Cobb store off Johnson Ferry this morning It's a little chilly outside, but you're inside, right?
0: That's right, that's right It's going to warm up uh, this afternoon To a perfect fall temperature So yeah. we're looking forward to today
3: Good football day, for sure
0: Oh yeah mm-hmm. So Well,
3: sorry to have uh, made you wait there But I've been excited to talk about Japanese maples We've been talking about them And that is all the rage right now As we talked with Seth Hawkins From the Georgia Forestry Commission Like, that's where we're seeing the beautiful yellows And even oranges, and of course reds um, From the ja- Absolutely. Japanese maples So folks want them in their garden What do we do?
0: Oh, they're hands down my favorite tree because of all of the varieties, shapes, and sizes. I honestly think every yard deserves a Japanese maple. They're just the perfect ornamental um, accent to any but yard. And now, not, of course, as not, we've been not
3: right up against the house, not right up under <laughs> no. that dining room window. I hate when I see builders do that. Like you're definitely got to bring it out from the house, don't you?
0: That's right. Give it some space to shine. Let it, be, uh, let it be the focal point that it deserves to be, for sure. Um, I know you've been talking about this all morning, and we always talk about it, but fall is such an ideal time to plant trees and shrubs, and certainly Japanese maples. As you were navigating the transplant of the rose with Larry, uh, you nailed it. Uh, as far as um, making sure to dig really wide when transplanting, you know that's super important. But the same is true when we go to plant a new tree or shrub, we want to we um, make sure that soil all the way around, usually three times the width of that root ball, is nice and soft. We like to amend ours half and half uh, using some uh, really solid planting mix, um, really rich, and uh, mixing that in with uh, the existing red clay, so those roots have a softness in which to establish, but also get introduced to that red clay in which they'll live and thrive and um, the reason of course we always talk about fall being the best time to plant trees and shrubs is the soil is still warm enough but our our trees and shrubs can just focus on getting those roots established and especially with Japanese maples we want to make sure that um, that they have a really strong foundation unlike a lot of plants though uh, the roots are shallow with Japanese maples they like to grow shallow So we we wanna make sure to to plant them in a place where we're not gonna disturb the soil around them a lot, risk damaging the roots, and we don't wanna dig too deep.
3: Perfect. No, that's great advice. That's Japanese maples. Definitely need that. When you see the roots come above ground a little bit, don't be tempted to cover them up. Don't put anything over them. That's just naturally what they do. They are shallow rooted. Um, Some of the varieties, folks may see these, Allison, and not really know, but you can kind of identify the difference between the upright varieties that are going to get fairly large and wide versus the weeping varieties. Some of those have a lot of character to them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, will we'll start with the upright varieties. It includes one of my favorites, which is the coral bark and then also the blood good. These are two that you'll see a lot in landscapes. I'm going to be a little selfish and talk about the coral bark first. It's also, it's also called the Sengukaku. Um, it's fast growing. Uh, it will take full sun. Um, and it can reach up to 20 feet tall at maturity. But what makes this such an astounding Japanese maple in my book is that in the winter, when it's lost its leaves, the trunk and branches transform into this deep gorgeous coral red and it's like having a whole nother tree in your yard during the winter months and then of course it explodes into gorgeous green leaves in the spring and changes through the fall so it's it's one of my favorites, and the blood good, you'll see these a lot. It's that deep maroon crimson color. Um, it also will take sun and grows about 18 to 20 feet. The, the real red leaves are in spring, will transform into like this deep maroon purple in the summer and deeper crimson in the fall. So really just a stunning, a stunning tree in the landscape. Those are two, uh, two signature uprights. As far as weeping, and these are some of the prettiest ornamentals if you have like uh, a neat ornamental bed or just an island where you really want to show off. Um, the Tama Yucama really prefers a little more shade than sun, even though it's got those, those deep purple um, and crimson reddish uh, foliage. But it'll only grow about 8 to 10 feet tall, and it gets nice and wide and just cascades down. It's really a pretty, a pretty Japanese maple in the yard. Similar to that one is the crimson queen. And most of us who are familiar with Japanese maples know the crimson queen. Right. You could probably spot them in any yard. And that can really cascade uh, as well. It's um, a lace leaf. Uh, Japanese maple. So it's the dissectum and not the palmatum. So it's got a real pretty frilly uh, foliage. And of course, also dark crimson. And this one will take some sun as well. Then if you want to get uh, some brighter colors, the viridis and the Ryusen are two of um, my other favorite weeping Japanese maples. Oh, the Ryusen just... looks
3: like Cousin It. I love that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does.
0: It's like a happy little a happy little tree. And it just water falls down and spills. I love that. Now I'm always going to think of it as Cousin It. <laughs>
3: I'll text you the picture of, that I took of one when we get off the air. And it's it's so cute. It's awesome.
0: Oh, that's so fun. And you could have fun with that during Halloween. Yeah. You know, put a little put a little eyeballs, eyeballs on, on it. <laughs> Let it be a little green ghost.
3: <laughs> that's cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. So those are some of my favorite. Of course, at Pike Nursery, we've got such a huge variety. It would take too long for me to list all of them. But again, um, every yard can use uh, the accent and the beauty of a Japanese maple. They're just stunning. And there's one for Every single size yard and um, and landscape, um, I assure you <laughs> And just
3: just a reminder to folks, though When Allison says the upright varieties can get more than 20 feet tall That's no lie The weeping one's a little bit shorter But put the right plant in the right place And don't, you know, call the show five or six years from now And be like, oh, this Japanese maple's too tall How do I prune it? Like, it needs room to grow So please make sure it has the room um, Allison, before we let you go Last chance to get pumpkins What is the deal this weekend?
0: Oh boy, if you don't have your jack-o'-lanterns or your porch decorations up yet, now's the time. If you buy any two or more pumpkins, any size, any type, you know at Pike we've got a great variety. You can save 30% on all the pumpkins you buy. So any two or more. Um, We still have a nice variety in all the stores. And it's great for last-minute decorations, like I said, if you've held off for this weekend to carve some jack-o'-lanterns. And even if you want to make a little homemade puree for your pies. I know we're starting to think about the pumpkin pies, so it's a great time to come on in.
3: Good. 30% off when you buy two or more. Allison Smith, thank you so much. What a fun topic, and we will talk soon. Absolutely,
0: thanks Ashley, have a great day
3: You too, appreciate that so much The knowledge on Japanese maples And I always try to share what I learned from Pike What I learned from Norm Mitleider about Japanese maples On the Facebook page, you'll find a lot more there Um, And the pumpkins too, you've got them all through the harvest season Through Thanksgiving for the front porch for decorations inside And then chuck those in the woods or somewhere Down a ravine when you're done with them And let the wildlife feast on them They will be so grateful All right, coming back with a few parting thoughts And the top three things to do in the landscape This weekend, next on WSB it's got
1: Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just to tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley.
3: 53 degrees in Midtown. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. A high of 67 and cloudy today. Chance of rain tomorrow.
1: Green, Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend
3: Now is the time to eliminate invasive vines Like kudzu, poison ivy, English ivy And Virginia creeper They take well to chemical applications Maybe of something like bio Advanced brush killer Or ortho ground clear this time of year Number two, plant spring flowering bulbs Head to my website, wsbradio.com Slash growing For information on a virtual class From the Cobb County Master Gardeners About spring flowering bulbs And number three, the city of Alpharetta I took this for them. I'm encouraging you to avoid costly repairs due to cracked pipes When the weather gets cooler Some things you can do Drain water from outdoor sprinkler supply lines Remove drain and store hoses used outside When it starts to get a little bit uh, a little bit colder And there is you a know, chance for less rain in the forecast And also keep the outside valve open So any water remaining can expand And just be cautious with those uh, hose bibs and things at the house Didn't want to let the show pass by Without acknowledging the passing of legendary University of Georgia football coach Vince Dooley I haven't wanted to talk about it because I don't want to get upset I was devastated to learn of his Passing yesterday afternoon I learned of That at about 4 p.m. when the news came out His book Vince Dooley's Garden The Horticultural Journey of a Football Coach sits by my bedside It has for years I look at that book I reference that book I know a lot Of you in the gardening community are Devastated by a loss of such a Hero and such a giant as well Uh, Walter Reeves was one of the first people I Heard from Condolences coming of course from Folks in other football communities right Georgia Tech acknowledged it of course Auburn Acknowledged it I mean this is a huge loss for, for those of us in Bulldog Nation So my prayers and wishes and thoughts With all of Bulldog Nation And with Barbara and his four children And anybody in the gardening community Who has been touched by his great work And passion and curiosity For everything horticulture uh, There's so much to learn That will be forever one of my regrets Of this show Not making the time to sit down With Vince Dooley I could have had a three hour show with that man I admired everything he did Everything he stood for Uh, So a huge go dogs, this weekend It's going to be a nail biter in Jacksonville But I know they're going to pull out a win For Coach Dooley My heart is with Bulldog Nation Y'all have a wonderful weekend Thanks for letting me share those thoughts We'll talk to you soon